This podcast contains swear words. Hello and welcome to Talking Shit with Tara Cheyenne. A podcast about art making, creativity, not giving up, and living well in the process. And although I'm coming from the perspective of the performing arts, these tips and issues are applicable to all of us. Whether you call yourself an artist or not, living is a creative act. I'm your host, Tara Cheyenne Friedenberg, a choreographer, dancer, actor, writer, and educator living on the unceded ancestral territories of the Coast Salish peoples on the west coast of Canada. In today's show, I'm going to show you how my own misreading has actually been a big aha moment for me. I'll update you on the state of my current creative process. I'll talk about how it, how important it is to manage stress and, of course, an assignment from the art police. Okay, so I want to start with what I think is a pretty funny and illuminating story. I've been under a lot of stress lately. And we all know what that feels like. Just kind of getting through days, just trying to keep my eye on the horizon as I'm just kind of like beaten by all the shit, you know, flying at me. And a, uh, an article came in to my email. And it was an article about an author who has written a book called Silliness is key. Hmm, I thought that's that's cool. Silliness is key. I like that. That's good. So I opened up the article and, and I started to read. And it was a fairly lengthy article. The the title was mentioned several times. And uh, I was wondering as I was reading, when's the silliness gonna come in? I, I, that's kind of why I'm reading this. When is the When's the punchline? When's the shoe gonna drop? And then at the end of the article, my eyes rest on those words long enough for me to realize that it did not say silliness is key. It said stillness is key. What? Aha. Now, this might seem like the place where I talk about, oh, yes, stillness is key. And I'm going to meditate now because I'm stressed out. But actually, that's not what happened. What happened was I was like, that, what? I, I mean, the title was in the article three or four times minimum. And every time my brain read it as silliness is key. Now, later that same day, I was talking to my sage of a mother who's a visual artist and a very wise person. And I'm telling her all about the issues and the difficulties and the frustration and the mm, being really unsure about the piece that I'm making right now. And then just as an aside, I said, oh, this is really funny. And I told her the story of silliness is key. And she said, well, there's your answer right there. Where's the silliness? Now, If you don't know my work, I make 
contemporary dance that's often described as stand-up comedy meets dance breaks. I know it sounds good, right? (laughs) And with this current project, there's a lot of seriousness. I feel like I'm taking care of a lot of people's needs and a lot of people's ideas, which are all very valid and wonderful. But I was losing track. I've lost track of why I like to create. And we often think about like the show or the publication or the recording, the final product. There's a lot of focus on the final product. When we write grants, we're thinking about, we're writing about the final product. When we talk to presenters or potential people who are going to buy the work, we're talking about the final product. But most of the time, 90% of our job is in the process. And for me, silliness is key. And when I say silliness, I actually totally mean silly. Yes, I do. I also mean just that joy of, uh, of riffing, of not making sense and then finding the sense again, the sense of play. And I realize I've really lost the sense of play particularly with this piece that I'm making right now. I look back on the pieces I've made in the past, and there has always been a very strong spine of the ridiculous, of the silly, of of just the enjoyment of, you know, doing a really silly voice that ended up turning into a fleshed-out character that, you know, said some amazing things, but silliness was at the root. Interesting that my own mild dyslexia actually opened my eyes. Hmm. Makes you kind of think about your own quirks and quote-unquote disabilities, um, maybe in a different light, right? So things that maybe make things more difficult in one arena might actually open your eyes to something really important. And now for the art police. Already in this podcast, I've touched on stress. I've touched on where I am with my current project. So I want to kind of weave that in, kind of dovetail that into this week's art police assignment because it, it's all connected. So because I've been under a lot of stress um, and I've been trying to do everything, just still keep my head above water and keep it going, even though I just want to lie down. I just want to, I don't know, eat a cinnamon bun and a whole tray of lasagna, um, even though I can't really tolerate gluten. Um, why those things seem like a good idea. You understand. Um, so I've realized that there's a, there's a futility or it's been a little bit pointless for me to keep trying to be creative when I'm this tired and this stressed out and this kind of beyond the beyond. So I think that it is a good thing to talk about the stress. Because being an artist, being a human being in our culture is very stressful. If you're 
a parent or you have aging parents or your health isn't fantastic, money isn't good, your car breaks down, it, you know, it all comes at us. And making art is not, is not easy. We know that. Um, yes, it's wonderful and we love doing it. Yay. But it's also not super lucrative. It's can be really difficult to be kind of criticizing yourself and being criticized all the time. That's part of what we do is we receive criticism. You're making things, you're remaking things, you're editing, you're trying to get the money together. So you get it. This is all going on all the time. So my assignment for you this week is to look at how much you have going on. Look at how much stress is in your life and see if you can reduce or trim, say no, establish a routine that might help offset the stress so that you can function and create enough relaxation and space in your life and your mind and your body so you can play and be creative and enjoy and enjoy the people around you who are also maybe creating or they're supporting you uh, or you're supporting them. So I have some strategies to share. And they're not like, this This is not, you know, it's not rocket surgery. Um, but they're things that I forget about, even though I've been doing this for a really long time. Um, they're things I think, I, ugh, duh. So the first one is move, is exercise. Now, I'm a dance artist, so it seems like that should be like a no-brainer. Like, well, you just do that anyway. Mm, not always. Often I'm sitting, watching, or choreographing. I'm at a desk writing a grant. I'm in a meeting, meeting after meeting. <laughs> There's so many meetings. Um, every day. So now I'm like, I got to exercise every day, whether it's walk and really walk, not just like a block or two, but like walk for 45 minutes, walk for an hour. I've talked about this before. There's something super powerful about walking and the relaxation of the mind. And I mean walking, not listening to um, a podcast, unless you're listening to this podcast. Um, No, even this one. Pause it, walk with your own thoughts for a while. Or even have a conversation while you're walking. That can also be really, really creative. But anyway, you're moving through space. Maybe yoga or Pilates or swimming or a dance class or Go to the gym and lift heavy things. Lifting heavy things is what we're meant to do, what our bodies are meant to do. Okay, so that's number one. Move. Move your body. It changes your chemistry. The second one is to say no to things that don't immediately elicit a hell yeah. What I mean is when somebody says, hey, do you want to come and help me look at this script? If you don't think, oh, hell yeah, then maybe you need to say no. Or maybe you simply need to acknowledge that it's not your first choice. So we all know there's plenty of times when we just have to say yes because we need the money or the connection is really good. But think about 
maybe sometimes when you don't have a hell yeah, and maybe the money's not great, and maybe the connections and the relationship um, to whatever party or project is not the most wonderful thing in the world. And the other one um, my partner, Mark, reminds me of is, is this project going to change the world? And if it's not, is it really worth saying yes to? The other thing is, does it feel right? Is it in your values? Is it something that aligns? Are they, is it like a bunch of evenings for three months and you have a baby at home? Um, is it something that is attached to a corporation that you don't believe in? Or maybe it's something attached to a corporation that you really believe in. So it, it doesn't feel right. I think that's, that's an important thing. And sometimes when we're in the, the manic of everything, it's possible to lose track of what we really feel is right. So I already mentioned this a little bit, but look at if the thing you're being asked to do meets one or more of these criteria. Is the money good? Are the connections and relationships good? Will it be fun? Will it change the world? And you want to have at least one of those. Two would be amazing. Three, ugh. Four, well, you've really won if it's four. Another one that is on my list is to meditate. Stillness is key. No, 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 no. Silliness is key. All right, meditation, we've heard about it all the time. Walking meditation, I can get into that. But the sitting meditation is hard for me. But I've heard many, many people talk about how transformative it is and how it really does lower your cortisol levels. That's your stress hormone. And if your stress hormone cortisol does not come down, it gets very damaging in your body. So yeah, it goes up. But it needs to also go down. We need to go into homeostasis, cortisol, adrenaline, homeostasis. And if you're not getting the homeostasis, you need to do something about that. I need to do something about that. So meditation is great. I heard a really good story of a guy who meditates all the time, but he says he does it like this. I lie down on the floor. I put my phone on for fifteen minute, a 15-minute timer. And sometimes... Maybe I fall asleep, but sometimes I meditate. So best case scenario, you meditate for 15 minutes. Worst case scenario, you have a 15-minute nap. That's a win-win. I think that's brilliant. So take that if it appeals to you. Have a coffee with a friend. We hear that all the time. But as Ileana pointed out, the millennial that I quoted um, a few episodes ago, What fuels you? She said, the people I love. So have you connected with the people you love? Have you had a phone conversation with that artist colleague who you always have the best conversations with at the openings for those shows, but you haven't seen them in months? Maybe a phone call is in order or maybe you can get face-to-face. So can you build those in? Uh, For me, it's often, you know, a phone call on the way to the bus stop or This morning, I had a phone call with a dear, dear friend as she was going to the acupuncturist and I was heading 
to a recording session. So we squeezed it in, but I think it made us both feel more connected, just better, just more kind of um, understood in the craziness of it all. Is planning something that could ease your stress? I'm very much that kind of type A organizational clearing clutter sort of person. And if I feel like my schedule is really cluttered, I find it very mm, useful. I was going to say relaxing. And then I was like, well, that's a bit of a stretch. Um, But it's working towards that. If I sit down and just like really finite plan out my day, like I mean like 7.15 to 8.45, travel to yoga, 8 o'clock to 9, yoga, 9 to 9.30, travel to studio. <laughs> it's, 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 it's finite. But that gives me a sense of control and I can then see if there's no gaps in my day and where I might be able to slide something in like meals, like that's something I've realized lately. I haven't even put in meal breaks. When are you going to eat lunch? No wonder you get home at the end of the day and I feel like I'm going to like scratch my own eyeballs out. You know, and then I criticize my family for not being responsible about their eating when actually it's me who's completely hangry. So scheduling can be really illuminating. Reading, especially reading something that's actually not to do with your current project. Maybe something completely outside, a a mystery novel. I don't know, whatever appeals, a magazine. But I read a study recently that said even six minutes of reading will lower your cortisol levels like 40%. So your assignment is to look at your stress and see if any of these hints work for you. You might have others, and I'd love to hear about them actually. So you can leave a comment. You can contact me on Instagram at Tara Cheyenne TCP, Facebook, Tara Cheyenne Performance. I'd love to hear your ideas about how to reduce the level of stress so that we can create that space to create. (gasps) Ah. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If this was inspiring or useful or enjoyable for you, please consider donating. We try and keep this podcast advertisement-free. You can donate with a one-click, literally, by going to terrashyan.com, upper right-hand corner, the word donate. Go there. Or we'll put in the show notes the link directly to Canada Helps, and you can donate as little or as much as is comfortable for you. Talking Shit with Tara Cheyenne is a production of Tara Cheyenne Performance. This podcast was produced by Mark Stewart, Mark Stewart Music, with original music by the same. I'd like to remind you not to give up. Just keep making shit up. And of course, silliness is key. This podcast is effing good.